Uh, welcome to episode nine of the West Next Podcast Sports Edition. Thank you all for tuning in. As you know, on the Instagram, we reached 1,100 followers. So thank you all so much for that. Thank you all for, we are very close. We are, and I'll tell you the exact number. We are 13 downloads away from reaching over 600 downloads on the year. So that's incredible. So thank you all so much for that. Uh, as you know, my name is Chanel Wilkins. And my name is Nick Provenzano. Thank you all for tuning in. As I say repeatedly, we love you all. We thank you so much for tuning in and watching this. Uh, you all not only getting great content, but you're creating opportunity for me, creating opportunity for Nick. And just and this is just fun. You know, we all get to talk sports together on this podcast. That's what it's all about, sharing ideas, sharing the love of football, sharing the love of sports with each and every single one of you. So thank you all so much for that. Now... Before we dive in, if you don't know already, you can follow the West Next Podcast, Instagram handle underscore West Next Podcast underscore. You can also follow the Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and RSS.com. You can also follow the Google Podcast. They are on all four platforms. All you have to do is type in West Next Podcast to the gray to the white clouds with the with the black gray background. You will find the West Next Podcast, or you can type in Chanel Wilkins, C H A N N E L L Wilkins W I L K I N S, and you will find the West Next Podcast. Much love to each and every single one of you. Thank you all so much. And you know, I think we should just dive straight into this big week as I got the little promos out of the way for y'all uh, because we had a big fucking week of football. I mean, week 10, we are on, we are over halfway through the season. If you didn't already, I mean, and it seems like a lot of y'all did. You, a lot of y'all watched the midseason awards. A lot of y'all showed that you all really want to watch sports content. Uh, so make sure to tune into that episode if you haven't already, because that that received a lot of love. Uh, one of our most watched episodes of the sports edition this year. So I appreciate y'all for tuning into that. It was fun. I mean, Nick, real quick, just what are your reactions to um last week's episode? That was the second best episode we did since the first episode. And uh, yeah, I mean, thank everybody so much for the support on, on those episodes that we've been doing. Uh, obviously, I can't talk about enough how much I love doing this. So just to see how well that episode did was incredible. Um, I hope we didn't piss off too many people with, with some of our takes of, uh, you know, we, we obviously, we're, we're all sports heads and they, we don't really care. Uh, we like to churn out opinions and that's what this show is all about. So if you hate it, hate it, you disagree with it, you like it, like that's the stuff that we live for. And uh, I'm just, I'm just really, really enjoyed recording that with Chanel. It was a really fun episode. We had some things that we agreed on. We had some things we disagreed on. At the end of the day, I mean, it's just, just the sports opinions. And I feel like that, Um, I don't know. I just, I, It just seemed like it was the right time to do the midseason awards. It fell right in the middle of the season. I think we passed it at that point. So thank you guys so much for checking it out. And uh, we're, we're, looking, we're looking so much forward to giving you more football content. And, and let's start. I mean, we had a rematch of the game. I think we both selected as game of the year. I mean, pr- uh, prior to the Vikings and Bills this week, uh, you know, FYI. Uh, but before, but our midseason award pick, I think both of us, if I'm not mistaken, was the Falcons versus Panthers. Their last game they played, I believe week eight. We voted that game of the year and they, they're the rematch of that Thursday night. One quite the same type of game, but... It was a different result, which was kind of nice. The Panthers end up beating the Falcons 25 
to 15. At the Panthers now are three and seven on the season, and the Falcons are four and six. Nick, real quick, what are your reactions to that game? So, uh, yeah, as you said, way different result than what we got. It, we had a relatively, nah, I wouldn't say, well, it was kind of low scoring. The final score was 25 Panthers to 15 as the Falcons. But, you know, I was, you know, a lot of the season, I know if, for those who, who've watched this podcast, um, that I've been a little high on Marcus Mariota, and I've said that he's done his job as a game manager, and he's done his job to uh, lead the Falcons team to some wins. And unfortunately for the for the Falcons, it did not end up the same result here as they fall to the Panthers. Uh, and he had a very bad interception in this game too, which also kind of sealed their faith in this game. Um, and then uh, you know, on the other quarter, quarterback end, the PJ Walker didn't really do much for the for the Panthers, but yeah. it was dom it was dominantly their their running game by Deonta Foreman, who had three 31 rushes, 130 yards, and a touchdown. That really, uh, you know, helped the Panthers uh, win this game. And I think that the Panthers ultimately showed why, in this game, why their defensive unit should be respected. I mean, I've always, coming into the year, I always thought that the Panthers' defensive unit was very underrated. And I think that they proved it against a subpar offense this week. Obviously, they've struggled in the last couple of weeks against various opponents, especially against the Bengals. But you could see what they can do when they get their pieces right. So, um, but you know, right now they're gonna they're three and seven, mm-hmm. uh, and they are looks like heading toward a rebuild because they've been trading away their assets. But you know, there are there is there you've seen some sparks of life in this team, and we'll. We just have to monitor how both of these teams are later in the year. Uh, we'll have to see how the Falcons rebound after this, and we'll have to see what adjust, adjustments this uh, interim coaching regime is going to make for the Panthers going. Yeah, they have a lot of promise um, in my eyes. I mean, are they going to make the playoff this year? Obviously not. But, I mean, Dante Foreman, I mean, especially against the Falcons, you know he has um, in these past two games against Falcons, uh, the one in early November and this and this game, he has 248 yards against the Falcons and four touchdowns. That's like insane. he has That's absolutely insane. scorched the Falcons. Um, and you know what's also funny? The offense has ran through him in those games. Like I think you can run your offense successfully through this guy. I mean, he's only 26 years old. Uh, you know, he's a big, powerful running back. Uh, but he's 236 pounds, I believe. Like, or 200. He looks bigger actually on TV. He's a big boy. He's, he's a, a big, big boy. boy. He's a big boy. So like, yeah, they have a promising. They have a promising future. Um, but the foul. But I mean, on the Falcon side of things, they're letting your team run away with this division. I feel like, like the and let's actually, you know, let's get straight to your team because you, you're. I know you might be very. I have a feeling you'll be very happy about this, and I'm, and I'm sure you are. I'm sure you're celebrating and dancing in your home and everything. The game, one of the best games uh, of the season, because mainly because of the crowd. Germany, they need to play in Germany a lot more often. Uh, I believe the stadium was called um. The Allianz Arena. Yep, there we go. It held about, it can help, it can hold about seventy thousand people, and it sure as hell looked like it could. Uh, Germany fans were excited. The passion for the game was there, and your Bucks really thri- strived, especially your defense, and even more important, Tom Brady arguably looked the best he best he has had this season nick at the bucks man i just want to get your reaction before i dive you know a little couple weeks ago that i was saying that the bucks should just tank because they only had three wins of the season our schedule was not getting any better anytime soon 
It was, we were actually, before the season started, we were, I think, at least top five toughest schedules in the league. So that didn't help us a lot, but I had confidence going into the season that we're going to win those games. Uh, and by the way, the Allianz Arena is where my soccer team, uh, Bayern Munich, plays. So shout outs to them. Uh, yeah, I got to see the Bucks play in Germany, a first ever football game in Germany. It was absolutely amazing. The crowd was absolutely amazing. Uh, just everything about the game was really fun. And um, yeah, I think you're right. I think Tom Brady did look the best he's ever had this year. You know what the best part was is that we actually did something in the red zone. I mean, it's crazy. That's like, very true. Because that you you know that's where the Bucks have struggled the most most of their time. The Bucks have struggled in the red zone. Um, and you know Julio Jones that little drag route was able to turn on the Jets and get into the end zone. Scotty Miller should have had a touchdown, but then for some reason didn't catch the ball in stride and jump for the ball and then landed. So Fournette walked the touchdown in. And I think Chris Godwin on a beautiful play by Brady, by I must say, because there was a play where Chris Godwin got a touchdown by Brady was going to his first read, his second read, his third read, and then he finally looks toward toward Chris Godwin after his three reads are gone and slings a ball right into his lap where he, only he can catch it. So Brady, has, I mean, out of that interception, which I think was fine, I think Brady played well. Um, obviously I didn't want him to throw that pick because you know it gave the Seattle Seahawks life, it gave Geno life, and you. We saw in this game what happens when Gino is under pressure. There's Devin White coming in his face, and he mm-hmm. literally guns a ball to the end zone in the perfect position. I don't know how Gino got that ball off, but Gino is Gino is clutch. He just had that one bad fumble that deteriorated the, the life for the Seattle Seahawks. But, you know, he's just got to learn from those mistakes. The Seahawks are still fine. They're, I think they're obviously going to win the division. And yeah, I just, and also the one thing, one more thing before I turn it over to you is that uh, one thing I loved about, about Brady in that game is after he threw the interception and after he knew that he needed to put this game away by, by, by icing the clock out, getting rid of the clock, he did not waver. Like he did not trust like just his running game to do all the work. He dropped back to pass under two minutes to give us another first down. Like he did not care he wanted to end the game he did not want to play game manager he wanted to drive the ball down the field and run the clock out which is exactly what he did and kudos to him and the bucks offense because they did what they were supposed to do and help the defense out after the defense was getting a little tired from holding seattle to you know almost like no points in the first half so the defense did a great job the offense did a great job i'm hoping that we could score a little more than 21 points though um, cause I only scored 31 points one time. That was a loss to KC. So I'm looking for more points in the next coming weeks, but good team win. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I feel like you didn't also credit the defense enough, especially your run defense. They only allowed as a team 39 yards rushing against Seattle's run defense, which has been the primary reason they've been winning. And I think y'all did something that was very unique this game on top, you know, in addition to, like, stopping Kenneth Walker. You kind of exposed Geno a little bit this game, guys. I'm not going to lie. I know we talked about how great Geno was pretty extensively last week. We talked about how great Geno was, but I think today – and he's still doing a great job. It's, it's one game. But I think it, today this week showed um, everyone that – you put the ball in Geno's hand and try to make Geno win a game, it's not going to go well. You know, um, you know, most 13 of those points came in the fourth quarter, by the way, so they didn't score actually any in the first half. Yeah, G- yeah, Geno, uh, I feel like he got exposed a little bit. He didn't throw any interceptions. You know, he, he kept it safe for the most part, but 
Gino was definitely not as confident in the pocket as he usually is. And I think it's because your linebackers in particular were shutting down, um, you know, 10, five yards down the field where Gino usually likes to throw it. He just didn't have the same options he did uh, as he normally does. You know, that play action wasn't working as well because that run wasn't working as well. The run wasn't that big of a threat. Good job on you guys because I think you guys helped a lot of teams kind of find a recipe to beating Seattle. Not that Seattle can't be beaten, but I think you all discovered something that a lot of teams haven't. So good on you guys. Good on your defense. I mean, also, I mean, I just don't think I don't think Gino got really exposed, honestly. I just think that he ran into a tough top 10 defense with really good linebackers like Devontae David and, and uh Devin White. And we also took away the one thing that he loves doing, which is targeting the tight ends, which is something that Russell Wilson never really did a lot in his tenure in, in, in Seattle. Um, so we, we just cued in on, on what, what Gino likes to do. And that, that worked as well as it did until the fourth quarter, which obviously Gino was starting to rally. I honestly thought if we gave the ball back, Seattle and Gino would have gone down the field and scored and probably won the game. I mean, that's just my opinion. Because Gino was red hot after that last uh, after after that last uh, possession, you know, when you have a good quarterback like Gino Smith is right now, um, the best defense is making sure he doesn't step back on. That's what the Bucks offense did. They made sure that they didn't want to put their defense in a situation where where they they would have to make the crucial play to stop him. Gino, all Gino could have done was watch, which is, in my opinion, the best way to beat this team right now because he there's a really good quarterback who's making some breathe, making some throws, and we ultimately put make sure he couldn't come back on the field to get the win. You know that you know that's fair to say. Maybe he didn't get exposed. Maybe I'm maybe I'm going a little too far there, but I think you all definitely solved a little problem for the rest of the league with Geno Smith. I think he showed um, some of the old Geno Smith that used to be there, uh, minus the the interception mistakes, of course. Now, let's talk about another game between two teams, Uh, two teams that aren't quite as good right now as the Seattle Seahawks and the Buccaneers, but they had a fun game. Shit, NFL Red Zone, they were constantly on there because they were just scoring left and right. The Lions and the Bears. Man, Justin Fields is so impressive, man. You go off of getting 169 yards, or sorry, 178 yards with it against the Dolphins. You come off of that game and then score, and then get 147 runs on the ground. I mean, yards on the ground. And did you see that 60-yard run he did against the Lions there? Um, I think it was in the third quarter where he legit just outran everyone. Like, no, just ran full speed to... The corners ran full speed. He cut the corner, and they just couldn't stop. Like, woo, I'm a fan of Justin Fields right now. He is doing a hell of a job for the Bears. Unfortunately, it wasn't enough. The defense couldn't catch up. The Lions win their second straight game in the division. They beat the Packers, and now they beat the Bears. So they are no longer the worst team in their division. They're no longer the worst team in the NFC North. It is now belongs to the Chicago Bears at 3-7. and seven. I mean, Nick, what do you think of this game? Man, I, I'm not gonna like. It wasn't the most fun game that I've watched, but it, but it was um, that. Sorry, not the most fun game I've watched this week, but it was clearly up there. Um, even even though that it wasn't the best one, but damn, I was saying this last week. Justin Fields is legitimate, and you need to give this guy, like, Eberflus. I'm looking at you. Uh, I I I. 
I don't know if it's you or the coaching staff or owner, GM, whatever you need to do in the offseason, you get this man everything he needs. I saw the like I saw the the Bears try to come back and try to win this game, and I saw that Justin Fields literally juked out two defenders only to get sacked by a third because his offensive line is that garbage in, in Chicago. Like I'm I'm sick and tired of watching this kid get beat up because he's honestly like the real shit. Like he's real deal. And like I, I don't know, man. Like the the Lions, I mean, if you look at the stats, I mean Justin Fields literally controlled the entire game. Herbert wasn't but yeah, I mean Herbert rushed like almost three times as much as an, like almost got three times as much as the yards that that Herbert uh, did, and he and he got twice as yeah. much as Herbert and Montgomery, and then and then like um obviously he got 167 yards and he had the interception, but you know he's he's only a second year QB, he's going through them growing pains. Goff did his thing for the Lions, Jamal Williams uh, did his thing, Amon Ross St. Brown did his thing for for the Lions as he, as he hauled in like 119 yards, but you know. It came down to, I mean, obviously the Lions were in a high-scoring affair because their defense isn't that good. Uh, but listen, I, listen, man, like this, this, uh, not really much to say to this game other than like I, I'm happy that I'm seeing the Lions win in the, in the last couple of weeks. It really makes me happy because uh, I really don't want to see Motor City Dan Campbell go. Uh, I know there were talks about if he didn't get get the ship getting turned around that they would ultimately try to can him. Uh, I don't think I think it's way too early to can Dan Campbell. It's way too early, and it's way too early to. I mean, I'm not gonna say way too early to give up on Justin Fields because I think the entire league knows you can't give up on this kid. This dude just needs some help. Like, I mean, God's sakes, I, I've said this multiple times on this podcast. This is one of the worst offensive line performances I've seen in a while. Justin Fields literally has him running for his life, either throwing for his life or either running on the ground because his run game or his offensive line can't support him. So, like, listen, you got one team that's trying to, you know, establish at least a 500 record, and you have another team that's just trying to make it by in the league with a young head coach, sorry, a rookie head coach and a uh, young quarterback. So it was a fun matchup. The Lions got the dub and it's on to the next week to see how these teams are going to perform. 21 points in the fourth quarter for the Lions. I mean, you got to think about it for the Lions as far, because you talked about them wanting to potentially can Campbell, can Campbell, but Seven, but yeah, think about it. Seven of their games was one, was determined by one possession. Seven, and I think five of them were lost, if I'm not mistaken. Like they don't give, they don't give. It's not like they get beat down by pretty much any team. Like even the Dolphins, who are second in the AFC right now, we're gonna we're gonna talk about them in a minute. You know, they gave the Dolphins one hell of a fight, and they, I mean, they they given teams tough battles. They just haven't been able to capitalize towards the end. So it's nice to see them finally capitalize at the end and have it work out for them. So I'm happy to see the Lions win in that regard. I mean, they're, they're a team that that fights. And it was the same case last year. I mean, dude, they they should have beat Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Only it, The only thing is that they ran into the most accurate kicker in NFL history, Justin Tucker, who nailed a 66-yard field goal to literally win the game for them. Remember that little doink at the end mm-hmm. that – this land like i mean like it's the story of the lions i mean they're a team that fights hard but they're ultimately a below 500 team that 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 you know just get out dueled because of just skill like that's what it is like they just they're 
they have more they have a great coaching staff i think they have a great coaching staff but they they're, they're lacking in talent in some you know places on the team i don't think jared goff is as bad of a quarterback as people would like to like put the label on him he's not like horrible guys there you could be doing a lot worse in the national football league than jared goff you know what i mean uh Obviously, this team has some glare. Like, listen, if you want to, like, maybe in the draft get a quarterback, that's fine. But you should heavily address the defensive issues because it's getting it's getting too much of this. I think what? I think they might be last in the league in points allowed. You're not going to win, like, giving up, like, 24 points a game. You're just not going to win this league like that. Uh, so... And Jared Goff has actually been in these shootouts, but this defense is not giving giving any of the, you know, the offense a chance to really establish a dominant lead when they're just going to give up the lead anyway. That's why they they ultimately lost in the Miami game because, you know, Miami will battle you in shootouts because sometimes their defense is a little bit wonky, as you know, Chanel. But, I mean, the problem is that sometimes Miami's defense steps up and more, more times than not, the defense of Detroit doesn't. So they need to retool their entire secondary and everything. It needs to it needs to happen in the offense. Well, we'll see what happens next week when they go on to face the Giants. Uh, you know, they're not prolific offense, so we'll see what happens. Uh, now, you talked about my Dolphins. I want to I talk about my Dolphins right now. I'm excited to talk about my Miami Dolphins because this was their best game. I think I've seen them play this season at the collective. You know, this was a game where everyone stepped up. Everyone did what they're supposed to do, and we looked damn good against our former backup quarterback. Jacoby Percet. I don't think he did bad. Nick Chubb, we shut him down for a while, but he didn't do bad either. It was just a matter of when it was time, we delivered, um, especially defensively. I think that's the story of the game. We put we put up damn near 40 points, but our offense is just so good at this point, no one's surprised. Everyone knows Tyreek Hill is going to do his thing. Everyone knows Jalen Waddle is going to do his thing. What people don't know, or even Tua at this point, people just kind of expect Tua to be like, all right, three touchdowns, damn near 300 yards, 70% completion percentage. Like, that's just Tua at this point. Like, wow, I've been wrong about Tua. Like, Tua has made me eat my words, but we won't talk about, you know, how I was wrong there. We're going to talk about how our team defense stepped up big time. Everyone is, everyone expected me, except, uh, not expect me, everyone, especially me, we were going to get ran all over by Nick Chubb. Me, he only had 63 yards and really only one big run the entire game. Uh, we held Joby, Jacoby Percet. He did a decent job on our secondary, but he didn't do a whole lot on our secondary. Uh, we held them less than, to 50, than 50% on third down efficiency. Uh, we got to the quarterback, which is a big fucking deal. Three sacks, hella pressures on Jacoby Percet. We did a hell of a job sacking the quarterback. Bradley Chubb, you know, especially actually more so Christian Wilkins. But Bradley Chubb, hey, they're the reason why we traded a lot for you. I'm still not sure about that contract we gave you, but nice job today. You know, we need more of that from our defense. If we get more of that from our defense... I'm not calling us Super Bowl contenders, but we will look a lot better than people expect when when it's playoff time. I believe at this point we are a playoff team, and games like this shows us shows the whole NFL exactly who we are. Nick, you can comment if you want to, unless Listen, you have something negative to say. 
No, I have I have nothing negative to say because I think you're right. Uh, the only thing I negative to say is about you because I knew you you were making this to a prediction for a while, saying like, man, I'm just I think it's just time to give up on him after like two seasons. And I was like, what's going on here? And I was like, you got to give the guy at least a third season, especially for a guy who was for some reason benched and then brought back in and then benched and then brought back in. Like I didn't know what was going on there with him and Fitzpatrick. But that's that's nonetheless. I think this was a very dominant win. All assets of the game, uh, as you said. I mean, listen, Wilson did his thing on the ground because he got 119 yards and a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wall had 66 yards. Sheffield had 63 yards. Ingold had 45. Tihill didn't have that much going on. Tyreek didn't have that much going on, but they had 44 yards and a touchdown in this game. Uh, the Browns, you know, Brissett, you're right. Brissett didn't play horrible. Nick Chubb did I, but like it was not enough to try to, you know, make it make a run against a, a Dolphins team that was coming after you. Uh, Dolphins defense that was coming after you. And two with Tunga Vailoa. I know a lot of people in the in, in in media for some reason were like, well, you know, look at Tua Tunga Vailoa. I mean, what 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 good thing does he do? Why did they draft him? What 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 does he do that's better? Um, shithead. Did you see his stats? The reason why they got Tua was because he was accurate. Okay. I don't want to hear this dumb shit about like, oh, Tua does nothing good. Tua went 25 for 32 with 285 yards and three touchdowns. I don't give a shit. Tua Tungavailoa is an incredibly accurate quarterback. He had comparisons to, to like being one of the most accurate quarterbacks coming out of college. Some compared him to even Drew Brees about how accurate he was in the, in the, in the quarterback position. Tua has been nothing but accurate, efficient quarterback all season long and i'm sick and tired of people trying to write a narrative that he was nothing special coming out of college because i think there was a reason why they wanted why they won a national championship with a guy all right so let's calm that narrative down Tua is slowly proving all of his doubters wrong including my co-host of the show and uh he and the dolphins are riding high so chanel you can officially buy your Tua tungo vailoa jersey now I might just have to do that. I'm a, actually, you know what? I'm gonna wait till we make the playoffs. If we make the playoffs, I'll do it. Well, you know, I think you guys have a pretty good shot because you know uh, you want to segue into that because uh, one of your division rivals had lost. Yep, and we're above them. Before we dive into that, since we're we're gonna talk about this game for a while, because I think, I mean, Nick, you agree with me? This this was game of the year, right? Game of the century. There game we go. So we're gonna be talking about this game for a while. So let's just get all the nonsense games out of the way. That if you're a fan of these teams, sorry, uh, but I think you guys can sacrifice. Because I think you would be a fool not to agree. This was definitely game of the week, game of the season. Get over it. So I'm gonna run through the rest of these games real quick. Nick, if you want to quickly say something about the games, you can. If you don't, you know, forget it. Real quick, the Titans beat the Denver Broncos. Russell Wilson had a chance to tie the game in the fourth quarter through a pretty bad interception. Titans win. Titans are still number one in their division at six and three. Denver falls to three and six. Sucks for Denver, but, you know, y'all know y'all are disappointing this season. The Chiefs very expectedly beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. Maybe a little closer than you expected, but really, who cares? The W is the W. Kansas City beats the Jaguars 27 to 17. The Kansas City Chiefs are seven and two. Number one in the AFC. Jeff Saturday got his first victory as a head coach with Matt Ryan starting at quarterback this game. 
and they beat the Raiders 25 to 20. So big win for Jeff Saturday in his first game as head coach with a lot of people talking about him. And then finally, or actually not finally, the Steelers beat the Saints 20 to 10. The Saints suck. They're three and seven. Uh, not much better are the Pittsburgh Steelers at three and six, but you got a nice win. Good for you guys. Kenny Pickett looked pretty good this game. And the Super Bowl winners as of right now, technically. The Rams look terrible once again, losing to the Arizona Cardinals, their division rivals, 27-17. to They got their bus kicked at home, got their bus kicked by Colt McCoy out of all people. Uh, neither Matthew Stafford or Kyle Murray played. So the Rams were led by John Wolfort. Uh, interesting. Uh, but he couldn't get it done. Colt McCoy was better. Now, Colt McCoy's been a pretty, pretty solid backup throughout his career. I, I, I would um, I would also like to say uh, real quick on some of those games, because uh, Jags game was kind of expected. We kind of expected the Chiefs to win. I, I literally was with my girlfriend watching the Denver Broncos game, and I laughed. You could... She could quote. She, you can ask her about this. Like I literally bursted out laughing seeing the interception that Russell Wilson threw in the like by the end zone. It was just funny as hell. God, he's disappointing. Anyway, um, and then the last thing I want to say is about the Colts and Raiders game because now also am I exceptionally happy that you know Jeff Saturday got his win. His first win as a NFL head coach, interim head, NFL head coach at that. Chanel, did you see the, uh, you know, the the uh, reaction to Derek Carr after after the uh, game, post-game interview? I briefly saw it. I didn't see the full extent of it. Can you tell me what happened? It was pretty much like he was kind of essentially calling out some of the people in, in the locker room. And he was just saying about how disappointed he is in like the season. And he said that he, he comes to this here and he sees people that work their asses off and he sees that people that like come and they just want to improve and want to be a good player, a good performer. He's he said, it's really disappointing that not everyone in the locker room has those same values. And like he's basically calling out like people who don't just who don't show up, you know, when the time when the time comes. Like, you know, I kind of resonated with him a little bit because like, you know, like in, in just in workplaces in general, I know this is a little bit off topic because I sound like a, like a little bit of Chanel's other podcast, you know, going off of life topics. But anyway, um, you know, with Derek, he's kind of right, because if, if you're not committed or if you're not, you know, like bought into whatever you're trying to build in wherever you work or wherever you do in life, then ultimately the team of whoever you're going to be a part of is not going to find success. That's kind of where the Raiders have gone right now. And as a lot of people, including myself, thought they'd at least finish second in the division. And obviously they've come to a screeching halt as, as you know, as the season has progressed, you know. There's some blame that needs to be passed around, and Derek Carr is essentially putting some blame in that lock. So, yeah, I thought that was that was one of the biggest takeaways of the games that you quickly brushed over. It was, Listen, I understand, like you said, I understand where Derek Carr is coming from. I don't think this season is his fault necessarily, or at least not all on him. Well, he, not entirely. He's had some bad yeah. plays, but not entirely. Right. I don't, I don't, I'm not dissing his effort. That's for damn sure. Uh, you know, obviously you didn't name by name who um is not putting in the effort in the Raiders, but I'm not sure if you really want to open that can of worms if you're Derek Carr. I know it was emotional. You're two and seven. Y'all suck. It's 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 a you know you you get emotional when you are that bad. I'm sure. So uh, 
probably it, it came out. It is what it is. Probably shouldn't have said. Probably shouldn't have said it. Probably should have just like you know held your tongue or walked out of the press conference uh, there because that's going to open a whole can of worms this season, a whole lot of divide this season. Not a good look. But you know what? Sorry. You know what was a good look, though? This game with the Bills and Vikings. I got the result I wanted. The Vikings won. So that puts us at the top of the AFC East, my Miami Dolphins. But more importantly, what a fucking game this was. If you don't know already, the Vikings in overtime defeated the Buffalo Bills 33-30. Nick, I want to hear your reaction first before I dive into mine. I posted this on my Snapchat uh, during, uh, you know, the the reactions, the immediate reactions after the loss. But this is just my my first, like, off-the-cuff thoughts about this game. Guys, I know I said, can we just give Josh Allen the MVP a while ago? And I'm going back on my word now. Cause what? Dude, dude, what do you mean what? What? This, this guy has literally turned the ball over in critical oh game. He turned the ball over three times, two of which cost them the game in in in, in the in this in this matchup. Dude, you watched the game, right? Didn't you watch the game? I very much watched the game. Yeah, okay. So you remember when he fumbled the snap in the end zone, right? And you remember when he threw the he threw an interception in overtime that sealed the that sealed their fate, right? Yes, it was the goal line. It was the goal line play to Patrick Peterson. Yes, it was. Yes, and during during at this point in the season, after after you know him establishing that win over Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, Josh Allen just hasn't looked like the same quarterback. I mean, like he just he just hasn't looked like looked like that guy. Like like he's still a good quarterback. Don't get me wrong, but it's time to bu- the pump the brakes on the whole like MVP talk. I mean, it just it just is. I mean, right now. The dude has 20 passing touchdowns and 10 interceptions. That's just a two-in-one ratio. And I know that he's got better stats than some quarterback, but I mean, I don't know what's going on over here. Sorry, sorry about that. But I, I, I don't, I don't, um, you know, you know, you look at his stats, right? And he has better stats that, um, that most quarterbacks have in the league. I mean, Josh Allen should be doing better to protect the football. He knows that this team has aspirations going into January and possibly February if he gets lucky, right? And gets lucky might have to be on his side because it looks like the Jets and the Miami Dolphins, are, who are now leading the division, are, are coming up on him right now, right? So, listen, he's got to do a better job of protecting the— He said last week in the loss to the Jets, you're not going to win like that if your quarterback plays shit. I thought that he owned that statement. But right now, it, it's looking like that he hasn't learned a damn thing of what happened in the Jets game. He's still the wild, erratic quarterback that he that he's been through the first couple years of his career, and he needs to get it turned around if he wants this wants to keep going. But now that we're on the topic of of me bashing that Allen shouldn't be the MVP, Justin Jefferson has made some of the greatest plays I've ever seen in my entire life. He had a crucial crucial i think it was like a fourth and 18 catch in uh, bailing kirk cousins out with a high throw in which he grabbed it with one hand snagged it away from the defender maintained possession of the ball coming down that was nothing i could do that absolute baller that was nothing nick i could do that oh yeah sure (laughs) sure you can over over an nfl defender sure you can no but yeah then he then he had he had uh like a couple of other like nice plays, especially that 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 uh played by the goal line that he looked like amazing. He had another he had another great catch in that drive to drive in overtime for the. It was, a touch, it was a touchdown pass. Yeah, it was a touchdown pass. Yeah, I it mean, was a touchdown pass to him. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, dude, I mean, Jefferson, dude, I mean, I've been saying that Justin Jefferson has been a top three receiver in the league. And this just proves that he has all the talent in the world that he should stay at that at that level for a very long. I've talked about two players in this entire game because this entire game has just been amazing. And I didn't even talk about Dalvin Cook. I didn't even talk about like that Kirk Cousins also didn't play that well. This game was just an ultimate like a fun game between two and in a in another world, this is a Super Bowl matchup. You know what I mean? Because this is a team who was coming in as a two-win team and another team that was coming in as a one-win team. Both at at the time were division leaders. So the fact that we got to see this game, it was a good potential Super Bowl matchup was very good. I talked a lot. I'm going to let Chanel go ham on this game now. Yeah, I mean, the fourth quarter especially is something to remember. I mean, between obviously the Justin Jefferson catch, which was one of the best catches i ever seen. Uh, not only did he snatch it from the defender, but he was able to secure the ball with one hand. Uh, that was fucking incredible. Josh Allen did make some mistakes late in the game, uh, including that goal line interception, which uh, did help contribute to them calling to being cost a game um i will also contribute it to uh kirk cousins justin jefferson adam thielen and the rest of that team absolutely playing phenomenal offensively you know gaming things up where they were just you know at the right place at the right time and now they're the number one team in the nf well they're not the number one team in the nfc because the eagles are you know they're playing tonight but they look damn good they're a very very good second team they look great uh, I want to talk about, in particular, um, that fourth and goal stop against the uh, um, against Kirk Cousins in the fourth quarter with 49 seconds left. Shaq Lawson stuck Kirk Cousins at the one yard line to give them to give the Bills a chance to win because the Vikings were supposed to win in the fourth quarter. This game technically should have never went to overtime. So give Josh. So I think you are disrespecting Josh Allen, not giving him credit for getting his team down the field. Not only just down the field, all the way from damn near their end zone, down the field to get a field goal and to even give them a chance in overtime. You're not giving him enough credit for that. And this is off. I think Josh Allen's injured. I think Josh Allen's uh, injury is more serious than people are you know, talking about. So give Josh Allen a lot of credit. Give Gabe Davis a lot of credit because that, that was a hell of a catch on the sideline where he was able to control it. That got overshadowed because of Justin Jefferson's catch, but that was a hell of a catch by Gabe Davis right there. Did, did you did you see that play, though? Did you watch it again? Because Gabe Davis actually dropped that ball. He actually I went through his it went through his hands. Nonsense. No, no, look Nonsense. at the play. Look at the play. They it, was, it wasn't called in real time, but if you go back and review the play, he never actually caught the ball so and my 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 girlfriend saw it with me like they and that they really gave they really gave them gabe davis really gave them that thing but listen man this isn't just about like like the turnover issue with allen right you know that this isn't like some new thing that has happened you and i both know and you you've seen him you've seen him in in your division for this you know that allen for the, for the first two years years of his career, has had an issue with being an accurate quarterback of having more touchdowns and interceptions and keeping that ratio clean. He's gotten way better at it and has thrown way more, uh, you know, touchdowns now than interceptions. Because I think right now he's at 123 to 56 in his entire career, which is good, but it's not quite MVP level. I mean, yeah, dude, like, listen, if you had to give Josh Allen a, if you had to give him a nickname, right, you'd probably give him the gunslinger moniker, right? 
would you not like the old Brett Favre? I'm a gunslinger. I'm going to throw you into the game. I'm going to make the big throw because I have this big arm, right? Uh-huh. Now, listen, that could be the reason why you win the game as how it was for Brett Favre. And it could be that mentality, uh, I'm just going to chuck that thing and hopefully Gabe Davis and Stefan Diggs are there. That could be to your detriment. And to this game, to this, to this game, it was to their detriment that he turned the ball over. I mean, all he had to do was just... Dude, even if they took a safety there, they would have been. They would have. The Vikings still would have needed to gone down the uh to 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 dig the game. But he completely just botched the snap and fumbled the fumbled the ball right there. The interception to Patrick Peterson didn't help it either. But not even that. I mean, he's had some interception issues this season so far. So in my mind, he can't be an MVP candidate right now. It's clearly Jalen Hurts or Patrick Mahomes right now. Now, if you want to say he's not the MVP. I can live with that. That's fair to say. But to say he is out of the discussion, acting like, like you said, like I just told you, acting like he did not get his team down the field in 49 seconds. Did it have any timeouts um, during that? I'm not, I don't think they did. I don't think they did. They, they did not. But at the same time, I mean, they did have a call that should have been not a catch if they reviewed it because they didn't even review it on the field. They just kind of just, they gave Gabe Davis the catch and they just kind of just hurried the ball up so they can, they, they can run the, yeah, Actually, I'm not even sure they, I'm not even sure they hurried up. I just think that the refs just didn't look at the play. I just, if, if you looked at it, Davis had his arms around it, but the ball clearly hit the ground. And that's the reason why he had possession of it because the ball actually hit the ground and bounced into him. But, I mean, it was still a good throw by Allen. Don't get me wrong, but Gabe Davis never secured that catch. But, yeah, obviously we know that Allen and Mahomes can do that, could, like, take the ball down the field within a minute and without any timeouts and give you that. They have that ability. Top of an MVP. You're you're saying he's out of the conversation. Let me tell you, I think you, let me tell you. uh, Would you you put Tyreek ahead of him right now? No. No. Yeah, I love Tyreek, but Tyreek isn't a quarterback. Tyreek doesn't have the same impact on the game that Josh Allen has. Let me tell you something Josh Allen has done in his career real quick. Since you want to criticize this man and act like, and kind of criticize his whole career because you're talking about, oh, look at all the interceptions he threw in the past. Let's talk about the touchdowns he threw in the past, and let's talk about how successful the Bills have been and how he has completely turned this franchise around. Let's talk about how in five seasons he has the most touchdowns by a QB in five seasons about to pass Patrick Mahomes. Pat is about to pass Cam Newton. Uh, sorry, he, he uh, he's tied with Patrick Mahomes right now. He's going to beat Cam Newton probably to probably next week because that's 160. And, pro- and I think could be and I think going to be Dan Marino. All he has to do is throw 11 more touchdowns. He got that. He might do he might do that in um, three weeks. Like this man is incredible and i'm saying this as a guy who has watched my team play him consistently you saying he is out of the conversation is blasphemous to you know quote Stephen a there it's absolutely blasphemous it's absolutely disrespectful uh and by the way let's talk real quick to talk about the game real quick uh by the way stefan Diggs had like 12 catches this game uh by the way I, i'm not you know that's kind of just thrown been thrown under the radar 12 catches a hundred some yards touchdown like Stefan Diggs is great and everyone's just kind of like oh whatever and he also Dalvin Cook was in this game and he did great and everyone's just like oh whatever yeah yeah I mean it's just one of those things that's like that it's that good of a game where people are just kind of like brushing those two talents off um I mean that fourth quarter was just amazing that fourth quarter was amazing 
Uh, also, the 12 man on the field thing. I, I think people forgot to talk about that. Tw- people forgot to pa- talk about the 12 man on the field. N- Nick, what were your thoughts on that call, first off? I mean, or listen, I, I don't understand how people. Th- th- this, this 12 man, this 12 man on the field thing, man. 12 man on like, the field. It, it's, uh, you know, it's something that a lot of that people. That caused them the game. That caused them the game. Yeah, that, it did, it did cost, cost them the game, honestly. But I mean, like, I just don't understand with this whole 12 man on the field thing, like, that sometimes it just goes unchecked, or sometimes that, 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 you know, people just don't see it. I mean, when Aaron Rodgers does it, you know, like the refs always check that there's 12 men on the field every time he hikes the ball. But in just in some cases, just not seen. And, I, you know, officials just need to get stuff right sometimes. You know what I mean? You know, there needs to be a lot more accountability when it comes to, like, those types of calls on the field. Hey, hey that's very true. You know what? I'll, I'll give them that. I think that's the reason they lost the game. That whole Gabe David thing, call it whether the catch wasn't. Maybe it wasn't a cat. You know what? And I'll even I'll even say yes, it wasn't a cat. But in a way, it was. Cause only someone as smart as Gabe because only someone as smart as Gabe Davis can hide the fact that it wasn't a catch. And so almost in theory, it was a great catch without being a cat. Because let me tell you, I thought we were going over football. Are you throwing philosophy in this too? Well, there's philosophy. No, and and, you know, in some ways, you know, it was a catch, but you know, it also wasn't a catch, you know. What are you on Hamlet or something right now? <laughs> Reading that script right now? It was it was it was be- it was beautiful trickery in my opinion. Tri- beautiful trickery. Beautiful trickery because also they the Bills are smart enough to make sure they get their sorry bus down the field and make sure hey we can't review it hey they these boys are already down the field playing like a smart football team give them credit where credit is due sometimes cheating is necessary to win and it wasn't intentional cheating or maybe it was. I don't think the I don't think the Bills knew at the time that was not a catch. So I give them hell. I give the Bills hell of credit for this game. Uh, it was a tough game for them to lose. It is what it is. The Vikings have earned every, everyone's respect. I think that should be important. They would have earned everyone's respect regardless of a win or loss. But I think this solidified them because the people were questioning the Vikings heading to. This game, especially with their really tight game against the Commanders, they showed up when it mattered most. And now, there's no question, the second best team in the NFL is the Minnesota Vikings. Second best? Or in the NFC? Second best in football. Really? Or, uh, you know what, that might be. Third best in football. Third best in football. I think it it goes Eagles, Chiefs, and then Vikings. That's fair. I think it's I think it's fair, right? Because I I just think that Mahomes has more big playability than Kirk Cousins. I think that they, honestly, I mean, honestly, if you had to ask me, I think the Vikings have a lot more firepower than the Chiefs. But I think that the quarterback play for the Chiefs is just outstanding. So, and obviously, I think that the the Eagles are doing everything right. So, how could you not put them? They're the only undefeated team. So, how can you not put them one? Right. I mean, they could be on. They could not be undefeated tonight. Is it likely? No. But it's possible. Division, it's a division game. You never know. So we still have to, you know, make sure to watch. I mean, out hey, hey, T- Taylor Heineke pulled pulled a spoiler on Aaron Rodgers a couple weeks ago. Can he do it against Jalen Hurts? In my, for my sake, let's hope not. Now, <laughs> let's talk about real quick another NFC East team. The Giants beat the Texans, and I want to talk about this game real quick. Not so much the game, not so much the game, because you know it was cool. It, it was a cool little game. Uh, you know, the Giants survived at the end. But what I want to say, I actually had a bet on this game, a FanDuel bet. I I was gonna I predicted the score of this game 
to be 21 to 13. During the two minute, it was the two minute warning. That was the score, 21 to 13. I'm like, okay, and I'm like, all like, okay, Texans, whatever you do, do not score. What or sorry, the Giants had the ball at the time. Whatever the, I'm like, Giants, whatever you do, run the ball. Don't you score, kicker. This this is the perfect time to miss a field goal and just hold on to the lead and win the game, 21 to 13. Because you know how hard it is to predict scores, right? I absolutely. I could have turned so that five dollar bet I had on the score almost turned into seven hundred fifty nine dollars. But you know what happened? These assholes had to kick field goals at the end of the game. Not one team, but both teams, and that fucked everything up, so I was tight, and I don't care who fucking won. Nick, yeah. you can go. No, I mean, I'd be pissed too, because like, dude, honestly, I was looking at the team, I was like, why are they kicking field goals? The game's already over. Exactly. Like, and the game was well over, and I was like, what the fuck are these guys kicking a field goal? I was That's like, you're crazy. not even winning, too, so you're not even trying to take a lead. So, <laughs> but I mean, like, Saquon did his thing in this game. Daniel Jones was incredibly accurate. The Giants should have won this game and beat the Texans anyway. That's all I really have to say. I'm kind of laughing that the fact that they really kicked a field goal that ended your bet. How can you laugh at that, man? I mean, because it's funny. Because it's funny about how we bet, like, all these five – because I do it too. We always bet, like, $5 bets. Something always goes wrong, which is why I always laugh at it. It's like something – either I do it or you do it. Something always goes wrong in these – and those damn asshole Texans had to fucking ruin your bet. You know who didn't ruin my night, though? What? There was a player who didn't ruin my night, and it was the guy who played like a bad man. All of a sudden, I don't know what happened, but the old Aaron Rodgers kind of came out in an OT game when they beat the Dallas Cowboys 31-28 in overtime. Aaron Rodgers looked damn good. Aaron, I mean, Aaron, it was mostly, to be fair, it was mostly Aaron Jones that did the work, so, you know, let's chill out. Aaron <laughs> Rodgers looked really goddamn good for the first time in it feels like it feels weeks. like centuries. It feels like centuries, but it's been weeks. So uh but they won. That's a point. Nick, what are your thoughts? So I've I've mentioned on this podcast numerous that my dad is a Packers fan and my mom is a Cowboys fan. Anybody oh. who knows me, my dog's name before she tr- passed away last year was named Dallas. Um so Dallas uh you know RIP to her she's watching in heaven. And uh, my mom is a big Cowboys fan. I I'm not I wasn't there for to uh I wasn't there to, for the game because I was with my girlfriend over at her house this week because it was her birthday so I was over there with her. But I could just imagine like my 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 dad cheering for joy as 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 he can as he can watch like the Packers because he honestly he doesn't care he wants the Packers to tank the entire year. But he was like, but I don't want to lose to the Cowboys. So he was probably very happy that the that the Packers got a win for the Cowboys. I mean, Dak Prescott had those two really bad interceptions in this game. Yeah. Anybody who says that he's that that there's some arguments that they're that saying that Dak is a top ten quarterback. I'm like, first of all, in what world? Second of all, on what in what season? Because he's been out for like half of it. And third, just just no. Just no, like he even when the even when he's he's in there, the offense doesn't even look that good. Just yeah, I mean, CD did his thing, Pollard did his thing, of course he did. Uh, but you know, obviously, and you're right on this. Rodgers was accurate 
he didn't even throw that much. He had he he had seventy percent completion percentage on fourteen completions out of twenty. He had two hundred twenty four yards and three touchdowns. But he did his he did his thing. And Aaron Jones, like you said. Aaron Jones, and I'll give it to AJ Dillon too, because they both did their thing on the ground. That's true. And they and they and they uh combined for I believe at or almost 200 yards. So that was pretty good. And then Christian Watson came up really big for the for the Packers too, because in this game, Christian Watson only had four receptions for 107 yards, but also had not had three touchdowns. I mean, it's, I mean, awesome for them. And obviously, those two those two interceptions came from uh, Jonathan Ford, who you know intercepted Dak twice. So you know, good win for the Packers. I don't know what this means in terms of their season though, because I easily think that the Vikings are going to take the division. Who knows? It's the NFL. Who knows what's going to go on? Who knows? And sorry to do this, Nick, but we do got to run um, past these few games so we can't talk in depth about them. So I want to quickly recap uh, these next two games. I, actually, we talked about it briefly, but the Eagles are facing the Commanders tonight, um, actually in about 15 minutes. We both had the Eagles winning, right? Awesome. And Sunday night football, it was the Chargers versus the San Francisco 49ers. Competitive game, uh, but the San Francisco 49ers, uh, did you know pull out the victory in the fourth quarter, beating Justin Herbert and the Chargers 22 to 16. Debo Samuels was back. Uh, who else? Kyle Kyle Jacek was back. Um, and solid game, solid solid game by both teams. But yeah, but San Francisco was just better, and they are now creeping on the Seattle Seahawks. And let me tell you before we dive into my our major announcement. For this episode, I want to quickly say, if you have not already, you can follow the What's Next podcast on Instagram. Nick, what's the Instagram? At underscore What's Next podcast underscore. And you can find us on Instagram with the black background with the two white clouds and the white. Well, first off, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcast. Well, Apple I was going to, I was talking about Instagram, You uh, but you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, RSS. I believe we're on another one now. Google Podcasts. Google Podcasts. There we go. Let's so see, there you I, go. I did my job a little bit, you know. Well, it's my job. I just want to know if you you're you're ever paying attention during yeah, this. It's my job to help pay attention. You know? <laughs> help pay attention. Help pay but, attention. <laughs> but yes, if you don't know already, you can do all that stuff to support the West Next podcast. Make sure to download these episodes that we are about to hit 600 downloads for the year. Make sure to view the episodes. Make sure to tell us what you think of these episodes. And make sure just to support the West Next podcast. Uh, and, you know, we have some major um, projects coming on our way. So, uh, you know, be wary of that. Now, speaking of one of those projects, speaking of something that's going to be a lot of fun for both me and Nick and a lot of you wrestling fans, there are at, I know we haven't done a lot of wrestling episodes, um, but what I will say is that one episode in particular, it was an episode back, I think, Nick, were you around for this episode? I think you were. It was, we were talking about, I think, what was it? Was it Clash of the Castle we were talking about? We did, yeah, we did, we did a review of Clash of the Castle and the AEW pay-per-view. Yes, so we did that. That got that got good numbers. So that that is actually the... I believe the either the sixth or seventh most watched podcast um episode that we have. So that was fantastic. 
And I have an announcement to make. Me and Nick, both still wrestling fans. We haven't given up on wrestling as fans. Uh, we are actually going to the AEW pay-per-view. Uh, they are in Newark, New Jersey at the Prudential Center on Saturday, November 19th, 2022. We will be there and we will also be vlogging and sharing that with you guys via YouTube. So we will launch our YouTube channel real soon. And one of the first in the first episode that will be there is the vlog from the AEW pay-per-view. We'll be watching Full Gear. We will be excited. I know Nick's going to be very excited for Sting. He's going to be wearing his Sting shirt and everything. So that's going to be real cool. So I'm I'm excited. This is actually my first wrestling pay-per-view I ever went to in probably maybe 15 years. I'm 22 now. I think the last wrestling uh, show I went to was, I was, sorry, not 15 years, 12 years. I was eight years old. When I went went to a wrestling show, last time I went to a wrestling show, it was the house show at WWE. Um, the Bella, t- the one of the Bella Twins, I forgot which one, kissed me on the forehead when I was a little kid, so that was real cool. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, haven't been to a show since. Um, but I'll be I'll be at AEW. So Nick, first of all, let me just talk about you know how you feel about going to this pay per view with me and everything and. You know what? What? What you're expecting, kind of. Right, so this is gonna be the uh, the uh, I believe third wrestling event that I'm gonna be going to in my life. The first one I think I was I think it was back in 07. So what? Was he was in, you're 20. You're 25. I'm, tw- I'm 25. So that that was back in 07 is when I went as a kid. My dad and my mom took me. Me and my brother. Um, he was I still believe, a teenager. Yeah, so I Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's it called? What, what else happened? Uh that time I think uh Brian Kendrick and Paul London and Eminem were feuding over the tag titles and Batista was the world heavyweight champion during that time before he eventually fought the Undertaker at WrestleMania. Um that was my first ever event I went to as a kid. The next one I think was more recent. I think it might have happened in 2015 and that is when the Authority was at like the height of their game and so I think the main event for that night was um the main event for that night was uh Kane and Orton, like Corporate Kane and Randy Orton versus Big Show and uh, Dean Ambrose. And then uh, now I get to see Dean again, except he's under a new moniker of John Moxley. Mm-hmm. And I get to see Sting, who is my favorite wrestler of all time, wrestle live. And I never got to think that I was going to be able to see it ever because he retired in the WWE umbrella. But now he's back wrestling with AEW. Uh, I think he fights... He's with Darby Allen fighting um, Jay Lethal and uh, Jeff Jarrett. And obviously, I love Jeff. And this the, the, the feud that he had with Sting and TNA was so great to me that I get to see them go at it again. So it'll be a fun night. It'll be a fun night to see my one of my favorite wrestlers of all time, uh, you know, wrestle in front of my eyes. So excited is it, 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 there's no other word to describe it my emotions right now than i am going to be incredibly excited it's going to be fun to be at a pay-per-view at as an adult you know where you know we can kind of interact with all the i'm going to be interacting with all the fans talking hella junk you know i might get booed you know you never know i might get booed uh at the pay-per-view uh so that should be fun man I, i'm excited to you know call out all the mark um i know one mark will be sitting with me but he you know he gets a pass because he's my mark uh and and i mean i'm i mean i'm just excited in general I, I think we're gonna have a lot of fun i'm gonna be doing a lot of shit talking i'm gonna be doing a lot of cheering i'm gonna be doing quite a bit of booing um 
And it's just going to be a good night, man. I'm just going to go in there, have a good time, be a wrestling fan, man. That's just what it's all about. So just for reference, everybody, I'm going to be the one holding the camera and getting all the stuff for our YouTube channel. And Chanel is going to be the one getting into a fight with a 350-pound male. <laughs> some of a big, it's going to be some of a big-ass belly. He's gonna be. He's gonna, he's, gonna look be like knocking, he's gonna be knocking you over, talking about how he's a Discord mod and everything like that. <laughs> you can't step up to him because he's on every wrestling Reddit thread. Exactly, exactly man. <laughs> man, I might, I might talk shit to Tony Khan. You never know. I'd be like, <laughs> I'll, I'll be, I will be booing Tony Khan. I just want to, I, I do want to preference that. I will be if Tony, when Tony Khan comes out, you will hear me boo. Of course you will. You fucking mark. <laughs> I don't. I'm not a Tony Khan guy. But, Me neither, but I'm not gonna just boo the man, even though he's like the biggest mark of all time running a company. Zach, you know who I will be cheering? Uh, let me. T- uh, well, first off, you talked about the match you're most excited for, right? Staying in Darby Allen versus uh, Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. Yes, I think that's. I I think just for me, well, it's either it's that and it's the. Well, I, I I have a, two more. I have I have that the 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 Darby Sting match versus Allen and um sorry no. Darby Allen Sting versus Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. Uh, the four way title match for the ROH title between Claudio, Brian, uh, Jericho and Guevara, and the obviously the main event which is going to be Mox versus MJF. Yeah, I think that's the match I'm most excited for as of right now. Um. A good one, another good one I think is going to be um, underrated, uh, but it's going to be a hell of a match. I'm excited for the acclaimed against Swerve in Our Glory. And I know that's a surprise to a lot of people. People like, that's the match you're, mo- you're one of the matches you're most excited about. No, that's a good one. That's a good one to be excited for. I, but I feel like people are going to be surprised that the names aren't as. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited for that. I, I have been loving pretty much everything the acclaimed has been doing. And I think Swerve in Our Glory. In our glory you have an interesting story right now with the divide between Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland. I also think uh, Swerve especially is such a unique talented wrestler and I'm always excited to see him wrestle so that should be a lot of fun. Um, Obviously I'm excited for MJF versus John Moxley and you know right now there's a total of eight matches on the card. I expect more to be on the way. Hopefully FTR wrestles. I don't know why FTR didn't get that Swerve in our glory spot but it's okay. You know hopefully they we there's still an episode of dynamite hopefully they get on the card somehow um who's on the card right now who's not on the card right now nick that you want to see on the card uh well i let me just pull the card up right now because i was taking a gander a gander at it and uh you know i I think we got some pretty good matches right now because we do got cargill and nyla rose i mean i I do want to see jade cargill live i think you know a lot of people do like her um we got Storm and uh, Jamie Hayter. Uh, Britt Baker and Soraya. Eh, you know, I don't know about that because I don't know how good Soraya is going to be in the ring right now because I'm sure she's going to have ring rust. Uh, Jungle Boy and the Jusaurus are here. Obviously, the Acclaimed. Uh, and then the matches that we've already talked about. Hmm. You know, I, I, I'm right now I'm really drawing a blank for what match I really want to see in this. Um, is there anyone you have in mind? I want to see Ricky Starks. I want to see FTR. 
backfield are two guys, uh, Will Hobbs, Warlow. Uh, I think we might see Samoa Joe versus Warlow, or maybe like a three-way between Hobbs, Warlow, and uh, Joe. That will be fun. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot that Joe <laughs> turned on Wardlow, and we had, like, we. I'm surprised this match isn't on the court. I think it will be. I, I think that's just, you have to have, I think you have to have that match, the TBS, the Sorry, not the TBS. The TNT title is very important. And uh, they've been building this up. So I feel like that's going to be on the card. I think that should be fun. Um, but yeah, I would say in particular, though, the two main people that are the two main factions or two main entities that I want to see on this card that aren't there right now, and I'm a little worried won't make the card, is FTR and Ricky Stark. Um, You know, I, I don't uh, honestly, and you know how me and you feel about Ricky Starks. We think he's, he's, gonna, he's an absolute star. I don't know if his odds about making this pay-per-view, sorry to say, but I'm not sure why FDR shouldn't. But um, we'll see what happens. Card always subject to change. Maybe some matches get added in. I would like to say this, though. I am a little sick of AEW cards being very long, especially how bad they went up against WE and Clash of the Castle. You know how long that pay-per-view was. And the f- we didn't even that episode. Remember, we didn't even get to talk about the fallout that happened between a- between CM Punk and the Bucks and everything. Like, we didn't get to talk about it because what about one in. person we won't see on this card? <laughs> yeah, that's someone we won't see on the card. But yeah, but, but, but we didn't get to talk about that because the card was so goddamn long, including the pre-show was 13 matches long. So I mean, like. I would really hope that we're not going to see a really big, uh, you know, card. I mean, maybe add one more match. I think that's it. I think yeah. that maybe that match might be reserved for FTR, but eight matches right now, that's good. That's fine enough. Yeah, and um, I, I think we'll see the Elite back um, in AEW this pay-per-view. I've, they've been teasing it on the shows and everything, so I think we'll see them back. But other than that, man, I'm just kind of excited to be at a wrestling pay-per-view. I'm excited to be with my boy Nick, having fun, you know, marking... Well, I won't be marking out. I'll be having a good time watching my boy Nick mark out. Uh, but you all will get to see it. Y'all will get to kind of also see our personalities outside of the podcast. So I think that'll just be a lot of fun, too, just to see a little bit of how we are in real life and also how me and Nick interact with each other, because that's always um, fun to see. But yeah, I think uh, I think uh, you're going to see a lot of our, um, you know, sides come out, as Chanel said. Uh, I'm going to be marking the fuck out for Sting. I'm going to get a, I'm going to get a fresh cut for that day, Chanel, so you better be prepared for that. Hey, I'm getting um, a fresh cut too, man. I'm I'm bringing yeah, him out, bringing out my white Adidas for the for the for to match my outfit for Sting. So uh, watch out for that fit too. Are you gonna be doing the face paint? I uh, I'm not that big of a mark. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. There we go. But, as long know, as long as I can walk with you in public, you know. You can walk with me in public. You can. I'm just I'm just there to have a good time, and you're there to fight. You know. <laughs> I'm not there to fight somebody. I'm just there to talk some shit. If they yeah if exactly exactly so. Yeah. Thank you all for watching the West Next Podcast, episode nine of the Sports Edition. My name is Ben Chanel Wilkins. I've been Nick Provenzano. In the meantime, peace out, y'all. Much love. See ya.